You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello and welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy FPL Weekly Edition, the show for football fans who love to geek out on the official Fantasy Premier League with a balance of stats, partisan opinions and what some might call football banter. My name is Alfie, I'm a live comedy entertainer, international super ninja and a rather disenfranchised Portsmouth supporter. Each week I'm joined by experienced FPL content writers from around the globe as they heroically and sometimes hysterically lend me their skills and guide me through their philosophies and tactical choices for the fixtures that lay ahead. On this episode we appraise the upcoming game week 10 certainly a lot of talking points there's a spate of injuries going around i asked my guests how they plan to cope with all these yellow warnings phil Foden's look proper tasty of late for man city we debate him and his influence there's also the liverpool defense and the question of whether it has returned to that clean sheet machine of a couple of seasons ago we even have time to mull over the spurs united fixture as well as kai havertz and whether his new role will pump out points these questions and much more in our chatty football pie So hello and welcome to the FPL Weekly. My name is Alfie. I'm joined, of course, every week by some wonderful guests and calling in this week. Calling from the Netherlands, a semi-pro footballer whose love for Alan Nussi is slowly following the narrative of the main character <laughs> in that awful Netflix program, You. Nu komt de apt out de mouw, Jordi van der Laan. Nu komt de apt out de mouw. And uh, for, Matt, for Matt's benefit, that means now the monkey comes out of the sleeve. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. That all makes sense now. I think it made more sense in Dutch. <laughs> uh, probably makes, means the same, doesn't it? And that kind of just means, what does that mean, Jordi? It just means, you know, the truth or... yeah. The, the truth finally uh, comes out or something like that yeah so how how is the are you losing faith in El Yunusi now or are you sticking by well, it? owning him has made me uh watch every southampton <laughs> game for the past couple of weeks so <laughs> good 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 uh also calling you might have heard his voice there calling from dublin a man who may have been put off from using a wild card ever ever again oh my it's seasoned fpr legend matt kearney hi matt Hi, Alfie. Yeah, I'm, I'm searching for the receipt to try and get it back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> the thing is, you waited. So you waited uh, eight weeks to to use it. You know, you were patient. Whereas I think I used mine after game week three, four. You know, you were like, you're patient. This is going to come out all right. And now you're in the same hole as I am, <laughs> yeah. and all the well, rest I, of us. I, I, I was happy with the timing of it. I just wasn't happy with the timing of all the injuries of uh, of who I brought in. So unfortunately, you can't plan for these things. But uh, I could have made my, my job a little bit easier, maybe not by punting on the likes of Sterling and stuff, you know. Oh, well, onwards and upwards. Uh, speaking of which, before we crack on with uh, looking at Game Week 10, let's have a Game Week 9 roundup. Game Week Roundup. Arsenal kicked off the game week with a sturdy 3-1 win against Aston Villa. That's now six games unbeaten for the Gunners. It seems they finally arrived to the Thomas. Sorry, I mean party. Chelsea mounted the Canaries in fine fashion, destroying those Farker boys 7-0 as things seem to go from worse to very worse for East Anglia's finest. Newcastle eke out a point away to Palace, proving that you lose some, you draw some, you're Wilson. Or if you're Palace, you just draw a lot, really. Josh becomes a hat-trick king as Rafa's Everton continue their poor runner form with Claudio claiming his first Watford win. 
Chewing through the Toffees, 5-2 at Goodison. Leeds leave it late to snatch a draw with Inform Wolves. Burnley put a flake in their corner, snatching a 2-2 draw at Southampton. City and Foden plough through Brighton better than a plough goes through plough stuff like a plough. As they beat Brighton 4-1 at the Amex. Leicester ramp up into form as new signing Patson Dacker squares to Madison to sneak a 2-1 win past Brentford. Spurs go all Spursy away to West Ham and come away with nothing as Mikko Antonio sends Nuno packing. And finally, Solskjaer sets up his team to be destroyed by one of the greatest sides in Europe, something he successfully achieves as United lose 5-0 to Klopp's Liverpool, selflessly sending joy out across the country. As Rio Ferdinand would say, United are back, baby! United are... Yeah, I, I don't think they are. Game Week Roundup. But I did dodge a heavy bullet, though, because I was seriously considering bringing in Harvards and captaining him. But it would have it would have cost me a minus eight, so that was uh, yeah. I don't I think thought we would have seen you ever again if that was the case. No, I've, <laughs> I would have had accounted it. I would have had twenty seven points less, and I did get eighty three minus four now. So I would have got a net fifty two. <laughs> that would have been horrible in this week. I mean, people got tons of points, and I would have been on fifty two. I mean, that might have been the end of me on the podcast. Forever. <laughs> That's it, gone. Done and dusted. Yeah. Matt, actually, you did all right. 91 in the end. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I've seen a good few people hitting over 100, but, you know, 91, I can't complain considering, you know, what, whatever, four, four of my players didn't start or, well, uh, two of them didn't start, two of them got injured. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with that. Mm, I was happy with my 76, apart from my minus one from Brandon Williams. It <laughs> seems to be this curse that I keep carrying around with me uh, and I can't get rid of him. Anyway, right. Uh, so game week 10. What a game week game week nine was. 18 point haul for Foden, 24 points for Mounts and of course Salah. Uh, it wasn't all rosy, of course. Plenty of injuries have hit fantasy managers subsequently. Brentner's goalkeeping superstar David Raya out until March. That could unsettle the bees' defence, of course. Uh, Brian Embuemo picked up a slight hamstring injury as well. Never a good sign, especially if, like me and uh, us lot in total, you have transferred him into your side. Alongside Jamie Vardy, of course, many people's replacement for Lukaku, who went off at halftime at Leicester's win against Brentford on Sunday. Elsewhere, Kieran Tierney is a doubt. Cesar Aspelacueta is a doubt. Andreas Christensen has bad teeth. The list goes on. Many of us are struggling to put out a team for game week 10. We're in a bit of a hole what do we do? Who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you could give me the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah. If I had known what I was going to do, I would uh, I would go first. So yeah, it is a is a bit of a hole, isn't it? So Jordi, come on, what what you must have been thinking on this? What are we going to do? Well, um, I I can't really move because you need more intel on on the guys that are injured, and I got like Rafinha. Although we did get good news yesterday, I thought. Uh, Bielsa said that he thinks uh, Rafinha will be available at the weekend. So that should be good news. Uh, mm. Vardy was, I think, precautionary last weekend, but still no news. So you can't really do anything yet. Uh, and then obviously I got uh, Cesar Aspilcueta. And uh, yeah, he was out with a shoulder, shoulder injury last night. So... I've been thinking what I'm, uh, what I could do, and my biggest priority lies with uh, Phil Foden. I mean, yeah, he looks unplayable. I, I don't want to say unplayable because we had that discussion before, but <laughs> I really want him into my side, and uh, it's a bit disappointing because 
I wanted him two weeks ago, straight after the international break, but I was put off by uh, by a great threat, nonetheless, on uh, on Twitter uh, that said Phil Foden was on the bench almost every time, if not every time last year, straight after the international break. So I had the funds to go for De Bruyne and that paid off in the first week after De Bruyne scored. But then De Bruyne was inexplicably benched against Brighton after he was taken off early in the Champions League. So that mm. surprised me big time. But yeah, again, Foden looks to be a priority for me. But if Rafinha is fit, maybe Elianusi should make way. But then I need to release funds from somewhere else and it needs another hit. So it's uh, still a lot of information to uh, to gather. And have you got have you got price points set around your squad? For example, in my in my squad, I've gone for a system where I have certain points, so I have positions, so five to seven million and stuff. And if I suddenly yeah. if I upset that balance, it means it could throw out the whole team for the next couple of months, and well, at least until the next wire card. Put it that way. So, is that something? Do we just hold fast? Do we just look at our squad and just accept the injuries for this week in the fact that they're not long term injuries and just sort of just make the one transfer in the right areas like you'd normally do? Well, it's it's good food for the discussion as it has been the past couple of years in fantasy football. I mean, yeah, do you stick with your price points and how do you handle it? But I think um, first, I, I'm not the, the type of manager that looks that far ahead. I mean, you're talking about the next wildcard already, but I'm not <laughs> looking more ahead than like five weeks, six weeks maybe. And the other one is, I think I'm looking at more, I'm seeing it more as a unit. So I've got a watch list and say, for example, the forwards currently on my watch list are only two or three, maybe. I'm not even that keen on. So if Vardy's out for a length of time, I'm considering moving towards a 4-5-1 uh, or 3-5-2 or, yeah, so downgrading him to a striker like yeah, Broya from Southampton. So that means not sticking around to any price points because it would also involve upgrading Rafinha Elinusi to Foden and so on. So, but it needs more, uh, it needs more consideration. But it's obviously, yeah, the thing about price points is definitely good food for discussion. Because that's the thing, isn't it? I think sometimes we can be distracted by the fact that we play it weekly, but you're not playing this game weekly. You're playing it over a course of a season. So yeah. sometimes you just have to, take the hit almost as it were and just accept it for the long-term goal. Matt, are you throwing out the baby with the bathwater or are you just holding fast? Stay steady, stay strong. Yeah, obviously we've a few cup games tonight. Um, Want to see what the lineups are like there. Um, obviously Sterling didn't play for me. Not everyone's going to have Sterling, but apparently Sterling didn't play. He's carrying a bit of a back injury. Um, you know, if he's back for the cup, I don't see him playing on the weekend. So he's probably looking like a transfer out for me um, and Buemo again we have to wait and see Vardy wait and see um, we know Raya is out who I have and I'm not going to spend a transfer on a goalkeeper um, when I have uh, you know another one who can play and then Armstrong is my last problem who hasn't been starting so yeah I've got kind of five concerns there I, I can't see myself not taking at least a minus four hit um, it all just depends on who was fit, like who looks the fittest out of those four players or who looks the most likely to start. Cause like we were saying, you know, different prices is going to dictate who we bring in, you know, it could be a premium and it could be a kind of a mid priced attacker or midfielder. 
or I might have to scrimp, you know, it's, it's going to be tricky to see. So yeah, I'm just going to have a few players in mind, you know, chew the fat on that and see what happens. So that's all we can do for the moment. I think for the, in, in the case of um, Embreno, Embre, I can't Embremo. <laughs> I keep thinking, you know, that chocolate bar made by Kinder Bueno. <laughs> yeah, Kinder Bueno, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kinder Bueno and uh, Jamie Vardy and uh, obviously Rafina. you actually have to think, um, well, actually more so um, Rafina and, and Kinder Bremo. Uh, <laughs> they are key players for those teams. I think they're kind of irreplaceable for both their sides. So even if they do have a knock, you feel like they'd be pushed in to that size, then maybe they will play. And like you said, Jordi, Vardy was just a precaution. They must have an eye on the fact that they're playing Arsenal this week, Leicester, because Jamie Vardy's scoring record against Arsenal is phenomenal. Yeah. 11 goals in 13 games. That's the most Premier League goals he scored against any side in the Premier League, that is. So he, he loves playing against Arsenal, so I hope he play. So yeah, hold fast, stay strong and all that. But to, but to be honest, I don't think, uh, to come back on your earlier point about Vardy being like a bit irreplaceable, I think Leicester have a good uh, replacement for him. Daka. And Daka. Yeah. yeah, he looks good, right? Yeah, he's a good player. So I don't think there's any... I mean, obviously, Fardy is a brilliant player for Leicester and has been the past couple of seasons. But if he carries that niggle, then I don't think they are going to rush him back. And if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say Vardy misses this weekend. But yeah, obviously, we need more information. Mm. It's actually looking increasingly like the the most nailed on striker for Leicester could be in that show because he's a different player from. You feel like Dak has been brought in as a direct uh, yeah. sort of transitional Agreed. replacement for Vardy, right? Yeah, definitely as a long term replacement for Vardy, I think. Mm. Yeah, he fits that profile. Definitely interesting though. Uh, Leicester look like they're in a bit of form now, don't they? Yeah, finally. Finally. It's taking its time, but it's getting there. I mean, I would be lying if I hadn't. Taking a look at uh, James Madison stats, but oh, that's yeah. a that's a honey trap. That yeah. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> Let's look ahead to Man City versus Crystal Palace. Uh, Man City, of course, on the back of a, a steady four-one win against Brighton. Crystal Palace on the back of one-one draw against Newcastle. Uh, in recent seasons, last season's four-nil defeat aside, Palace's results at the Etihad have been rather positive. Picking up a two-two draw in January 2020, a three-two win in December 2018. The Eagles, who have impressed under Vieira, have become the Premier League's draw specialist. Six in total. Their last four games have been draws, whereas arguably they should have won at least three of those games. But um, Will this fixture prove to be more difficult for Pep Boys than it appears on paper? I mean, looking at Phil Foden, uh, if we're going to talk value uh, on current form and at 8.1 million, Phil Foden seems to have that covered. Three goals, three assists in the last three games. And given that Kevin De Bruyne is priced at 12 million and his Premier League minutes seem to be diminishing season by season, have we finally nailed the Man City midfielder with which to invest in? Go on, Matt. Um... Yes, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent a hundred percent convinced this week. Um, of course, he could do well, but I'm not expecting Man City to kind of go out and score four goals like they did against Brighton last week. I'm kind of thinking this game is going to be more uh, similar to the Burnley game, where you know uh, Palace will probably sit deep and City probably will win two 0 in the end, but. It's whether, you know, Foden's involved or, or, or who's involved. That's just the way I see the game going. Like I said, if I, if I want to get Foden, it's probably going to be a minus four. So 
I guess it depends on, you know, weighing up whether bringing him in for a hit is worth the risk over, over somebody else. But yeah, on, on paper, he does have a nice fixture and he definitely has the form, uh, short-term form anyway. So I can see a lot of people, I can see why a lot of people would go from, but I'm not entirely convinced that going without him is going to like, you know, suddenly damage your rank or, you know, I think he was only something like what, five or 6% down last week. Mm. Um, of course that could double by the time the next game week starts, but I don't think he's going to do major damage if you don't have him. And personally, I'm not convinced he's going to, you know, get a double digit haul again. He might get a goal, eight, nine points, something like that, but I'm not expecting him to, to, you know, replicate what we saw last week. Um, so where we're, obviously it's team dependent because where I'm coming from, I'm going to need, need to take a hit to get them. Um, other people might be able to just get them with two free transfers or a wild card or for whatever reason. So it's, it's a bit, bit more of a, a little bit different, the decision process there. But uh, yeah, I can totally see why people will be keen on, on Foden. I just not, not, I mean, I could get him by, by the next game week. I'm just not convinced he's going to be explosive against uh, Crystal Palace. Good side, Crystal Palace, aren't they? Good side. So, 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 Jordi, is this is the Crystal Palace game a bit of a trap? Then you think? Well, I, I can see where Matt is coming from, but the thing is, Foden, uh, prior to, I mean, at the moment, he, he looks he looks like he's integral to uh, to Pep's way of playing, and uh, even more, like you said, Elf, even more than uh, than KDB at the minute, and. Yeah, it's just I've seen that that video from Pep after the game against Brighton, saying he wants Phil Foden in every position possible, like on the <laughs> left, like false nine on the right. The question was about Foden, uh, Gabriel Jesus, and another player, and Pep answered only uh, with regards to Foden. Like he wants Foden in coming from the left, playing as a false nine because he knows he, he knows exactly where to come, in which positions to play, and things like that. So. Again, uh, he looks. He really looks an- integral uh, to to the way of playing, and he's been playing apart from the Chelsea game in which he played 86 minutes after coming back from injury. He played 90 minutes in every of the last three league games, and his numbers are excellent as well. I mean, he's had good underlying uh, numbers per 90 the last couple of seasons because he had also a couple of cameos and stuff like that. But now, when he starts. His numbers are still great. He scored three goals and got one assist in the last three games, and it's not even an underperformance. So he's had 13 shots in three games. He's an 8.1 midfielder. It's a bit like Diogo mm. Jota. Similar price, similar price range as well. So yeah, if- but but if if I could say he's even more nil than Jota, I mean, yeah, Jota remains to be seen. See, if I had to get Foden in, uh, I'm going to have to move some money from my forward line, i.e., Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> But I feel he's going to score this week, so I'm not going to do that yet. But uh, yeah, so my point being is maybe not this week for Foden. We see a tight game, do we? We see a tight game. Jordi, you see a tight game? Against Palace? Yeah. Well, I thought we'd see a tight game against Brighton. So And City absolutely yeah, yeah true. destroyed them. So. Do you not think that the Brighton game was very... Uh, I'm not going to say skilled because obviously the XG and the chances City had you know, added up. And, you know, they did create a lot of chances. But I thought there was a lot of kind of mistakes from that Brighton side. That, like, I mean, Bernardo Silva's goal, I guess it's up for debate, but I, I thought Sanchez might have been a little bit felled. And I know if Will was here, he, he'd, you know, echoed the whole goals change games uh, kind of philosophy, you know. 
So like, yeah. City kind of went ahead. I'm not saying it could. You know, they might, might have still won far one. It could but... as well be. It could as well be as uh, as you say. I mean, they got Champions League next week again. I think so. And 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 a pretty tough cup game tonight away to West Ham. So, I mean, they might take it easy in the weekend and and, and score only two and win two nil. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> nice place to be, isn't it? This is squad. The Pep squad is amazing. So, yeah. but I, I certainly want some uh, more eggs in that basket. Before we move on, can you name the last Palace player to score at the Etihad? Is it Townsend, the brilliant goal? No. no but I'm going to say a centre back or something. It's a centre forward. Oh, no. Centre forward. Uh, oh, okay. Um, not Benteke, no? no. Let me think. No, no, no. Not Benteke. Uh, was it? Uh... <laughs> Shamak, was it? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Return of Shamak. It's quite... I think it's... Uh, is it... No, it's not Batshuayi. Okay, I, I, he was on there on loan. He was on there on loan. Fuck. <laughs> I need to know. If this. I said to you Everton... Was it an I Everton striker? Oh, on... uh, yeah, Cenk Tosun. Yeah, Cenk Tosun. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What a player. Yeah. What a player. Did he score in the Premier League at Wade City? Yeah, when they uh, yeah, okay. when they drew two two. I was gonna say has he has he scored since? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no. Well I do remember that goal from Townsend. I mean wow. oh that was two wow. or three seasons ago. Yeah. And that was a game I think Palace won even won that game with three two or it something. It was three or, two, yeah, it was. That yeah, was, uh, and I didn't I didn't have any city players at that time. And I watched the game behind the sofa, but it turned out to be very good for my team. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Liverpool versus Brighton this weekend. Uh, Liverpool, I don't know if you've... I don't know if you watched anything this weekend, but they, um, what did they do? Oh, yeah, they smashed Man United 5 0. Which, actually, for the neutral, was probably the most entertaining game I've seen for a long time. It's just so much fun. Um, Brighton, obviously, in the back of that Man City. Man City you're, you're, not, you're not a neutral, Alfie. <laughs> if if United just, is playing, you're not a neutral fan. Yeah, you're right. Although, when Jose was in charge, I quite liked him, but it's just, okay. it's, it's Ollie for me. Just, just get it out. I just don't think. Anyway, I, I, I'll cut all this out. So Liverpool versus, <laughs> Liverpool versus Brighton. Again, on paper, it could be argued that after destroying and humiliating Man United 5-0, Brighton will be a, a walk in the park for Liverpool and Salah. But Brighton actually know how to set up defensively. They've heard of Liverpool before and they're away from home, which can sometimes, without the, uh, without the expectation of your own fans to have a go at teams, could work favourably. Or is this another goal haul from yet an unbeaten and rather tasty Liverpool side, Jordi. Well, yeah, Liverpool have scored three plus goals in basically every game this season. So uh, I think Mo Salah has blanked in one game only <laughs> against Burnley at home. I don't believe it. I don't believe you at all. So <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And there's there are no signs that they are going to stop that. So, yeah, I see it as a game of finishing 3-0 or something like that. I mean, I don't think uh, Brighton can... No, you don't think it's, they could. It's, it's not happening. Liverpool are such good form. It's, I mean, it's not like United were. Yeah, obviously United were poor and their tactics. Well, they didn't have any tactics. <laughs> but Liverpool are in such fine form. It's you can't bet against them. Okay, fine. So you do, so Matt, do, can Brighton frustrate Liverpool? 
I'm sure they can, yeah. They well, they can try, you know. Yeah. They, they can go out and make a lot of fouls and you know, frust, you know, try and slow the game down, you know. But I, I, again, like you already said, I I can see Liverpool winning this easily. I think the biggest worry is that Liverpool are in such good form that they could probably rest a few players ahead of the Champions League. That that'd be my worry about who would uh, maybe be saved for that game. I mean, you'd imagine they'd, they'd rest a, a lot of players against Preston. So I, I don't I don't see them needing to rest. But, you know, they could if they wanted to. We saw, was it uh, both fullbacks taken off early? Was that against United or the previous one? Against Watford. Watford. Yeah. Watford. Yeah, against Watford. So might be an opportunity for, for Klopp to do something similar there. I mean, Mane was on the bench against United. Yeah. And, and no Fabinho, no Matip. Um, when I saw the lineup, I thought, you know, I thought United were going to get something from that game. And and maybe the maybe the United players believed that themselves, and yeah. you know I don't know. Um, <laughs> they were horribly warm. <laughs> yeah, and and I can confirm that uh, my 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 dad and I didn't go to the pub on Sunday. My dad's a Man United fan, so he was actually relieved that uh, we didn't go because I think he would have just. I'd say he'd be still there drinking if if that was if that was the case. He was tactically ill. <laughs> yeah, tactically ill. Yeah, <laughs> he'd, he'd seen uh, Paul Scholes tear Man United apart on the Wednesday night before. Oh, that was good. What I loved about that was the fact that um, going to that fixture, I don't think any of us, well, none of us did predict. We all thought on the back of that Champions League, you know, result and, you know, Oli tried this new thing and no one thought for a second that he'll do that again. I mean, why Why would you? That was just insane. Um, but he did. But um, obviously Brighton won't have Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw playing for them. So that's a good thing. Isn't it? I, I watched back. Um, you know, this this is the funny thing. In like in their entire history, Man United, they've only lost by five goals at more at Old Trafford ten times, and Ollie's been responsible for two of them. And obviously, the last one was that uh, Spurs game. And I look back at the highlights again the other day, and Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw were still doing the same Laurel and Hardy banging into each other thing. It was exactly <laughs> the same. Bizarre, isn't it? Anyway, um, what I wanted to ask you guys uh, in terms of the Liverpool, we know how fantastic they are at the moment and they are on a real momentous drive uh, and actually that's the thing in terms of team selection Klopp always talks about his teams being or you know take advantage of the momentum so I can't see him making too many changes famous last words uh, in terms of that Liverpool defence though part of my hesitation on paying the price for Trent moving forward or any Liverpool defender was whether Liverpool would actually plug the holes and regain their clean sheet status so clean sh- Six clean sheets this season. They did have that game against Brentford. They conceded three. Is that defence back to its miserly authority, Matt? Um, yeah, it's certainly looking that way. And obviously from an FPL point of view, if Liverpool are clean, uh, keeping clean sheets now, you know, Trent is still going to be that attacking, uh, you know, force. He got an assist, you know. We, obviously, we talked about this last week and there was a bit of, you know, back and forth over the value of him and whether, you know, we should have him over other players and things like that. But, you know, fair enough. I, I know Will benched him against uh, against United, and you know, looking at his wild card team, I can see the logic behind it. But I guess this is the thing with Trent. I you might, know, you're not. I might have told him. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I think that's why he's not here today, conveniently. Yeah. But uh, could be. Could be. But, uh, no, but look, I can totally see the logic. You know, away to Man United, United probably should have scored. They had a couple of decent chances that they didn't convert, but. The thing with Trent is you're not going to look at the fixtures and say, oh, you know, Liverpool are coming into some tricky fixtures. I'm going to sell them or I'm going to bench them. You're just going to get them. You're going to play them, you know, because like we've seen, even away to Old Trafford, 
he can still come away with double digits. You know, he can do really, really well. Well, okay, maybe not double digits, but um, you know, he can still come away with a clean sheet and an attack and return. So this is the thing with Trent. Yeah, you get what you pay for, I think. And of course, like any defender, you're going to get times where you'll come away with one point. And just the fact that he's, you know, over seven and a half million, you're going to be saying, you're going to feel it more than, let's say, a five million defender. And it's it's obviously tempting just to throw him out of the team and replace him, you know, you know, transfer the money around out of frustration. But I think you do need a bit of uh, patience with, with these kind of premium defenders. Kind of similar to Leighton Baines, you know, all those years ago, you knew he was on penalties. You knew Everton would keep a clean sheet here and there. You just couldn't always say when, so you just have to play him every week in hopes that those one-pointers and those, whatever, 14 pointers, would you now average out to whatever, seven and a half points? It's looking good, isn't it? Yeah, it's looking good. It is. It's looking good. It's the it's the clean sheets for me that make it. I mean, um, yeah. last season when they weren't keeping clean sheets, it was just so frustrating, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and like I said, when I when I saw Matip not in the defence, I thought, mm, okay, Matip now. And then I saw Fabinho, you know, wasn't there for that game. And I just thought, you know, the spine is kind of, you yeah. know, that's kind of quite an important part to how they play. They're not going to do too well here and and they did they did obviously you know you did get some big chances Bruno had a chance early on Ronaldo had an offside goal uh, I think there was another chance later on in the game but you know against these top sides you are going to concede chances but you know against Brighton you'd, I'd expect another clean sheet if they conceded I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too unhappy knowing that Liverpool are probably going to score two or three goals and that there's a good chance Trent could be involved with, with you know one of them well that that's that's kind of my decision to make now because obviously I've been on the fence with regards to Trent I thought I could I could go without him in a tougher set of fixtures and I mean they're still Liverpool are still fifth only for XGA uh, Palace Crystal Palace Brentford and West Ham are better sides according to the XGA defensively speaking so uh, they still conceded 1.6 XG against United so they should have conceded um, but yeah obviously they didn't and Trent got an assist, so um, they play Brighton now. West Ham away next, so it's kind of yeah. I feel it's a tricky situation when you don't have Trent because obviously I was uh, planning to bring him back in for Aspilicueta in I think game week twelve, um, straight after that West Ham game in two weeks when uh, when that run from Chelsea ends. But now, yeah, I mean that clean sheet against Brighton looks. Bang on, bang on the money. Uh, Aspilicueta is injured, so I'm thinking of yeah. Obviously, I need to need to release funds, but I'm thinking of bringing him back now already. But I'm, I don't want to do it next week because I don't see them keeping a clean sheet away to West Ham. Right. So that's yeah. I still think I was, I'm still the fixtures type of manager. So yeah, whenever I can go, I think I can go without a popular player in a tougher run of fixtures. I'd like to do that because that's where I think I can make some ground up. It's the same situation with uh, Michael Antonio now. Um, I mean, he's I think he's the highest owned forward. And he scored again at the weekend, but uh, he, can, he faces Villa now. But after, he, they've got Liverpool, City, Brighton and Chelsea in four of the next five. So I'm definitely in no rush to bring him in. And I think I think there's better ways to yeah spend the money and get points in the next couple of weeks. So that's where I've been with the trend the past couple of weeks. 
but now, yeah. Mm, patience, patience, patience and all that, isn't it? And I, you can yeah. see Liverpool... Uh, I, if I could, this could be my intuition, but I, I kind of always get the feeling that around Christmas time, Trent, that's when he goes to really town. And also, for a lot of the games I've seen, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, a lot of Liverpool's attacking players have been coming through the middle and to the left. And actually, that assist he got against United was due to a mistake rather than in a build-up of play. So, but but he was there to do it. So, you know, um, yeah. some facts, uh, Liverpool against Brighton is historically tight. So it's been uh, since Potter took charge, the aggregate score, is Liverpool six, Brighton four. Uh, Potter at Anfield, he's lost 2-1 in his first season and he won 1-0 last season. But we're not, we're not going for that. We're going for a, a big Liverpool win, right? Yeah, I'd say 3-0. I, I mean, they lost, they lost last season, but we all know... When, the situation of Liverpool yeah. last season. Yeah. Not the same, was it? Oh. Not the same. Yeah. Let's look at some other fixtures coming up this game week in game week 10. Norwich versus Leeds. Now, Norwich on back of a 7-0 defeat. Uh, Norwich are normally a team to target for player halls, but Leeds have not looked good at all this season. So a lazy eye would suggest, given last season's performances, banking your bets on Leeds to demolish Norwich. That's where normally we'd be putting our counters. Uh, but is it is a nil-nil draw more likely? Matt, what do you think? Um, obviously, Norwich on the back of that 7-0 kind of drubbing from, from Chelsea. And, you know, it's not looking good for them. You know, obviously, they're conceding a lot of goals. And at the same time, they're not scoring. Obviously, if it's one or the other, you know, if you're scoring goals, but you're not conceding. Or, you know, if you're scoring a lot of goals, but you're also conceding. Or if you're not scoring a lot of goals, but you're quite tight, you know, there's a bit, there's a few positives there. But I don't, you know, Norwich have a lot to overturn now. No. They've to they've to try start creating chances and they've to cut down. So it's the odds are are definitely still against them here in this game, I think. But then having said that, Leeds, you know, they did nick a late goal thanks to a penalty against Wolves last week. You know, most of their chances were kind of in the last 20, 25 minutes when when Wolves, you know. Wolves kind of figured that they weren't going to create many more chances themselves and just wanted to try grind out that 1-0. You know, prior to that, Leeds hadn't created a whole lot of chances in the first half or the start of the second half. And then obviously in the cup game last night, we we kind of saw a few glimpses when when yeah, you're, that, that young guy, Gellhard, or Gell, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. his name. Joe Gellhard. Yeah, that guy. He, but he, he, lo he looks like a, you know, a nifty old player, but... He looks like he needs a bit of experience. He's good with the ball at his feet, but I wouldn't be getting too excited. But the big thing for Leeds, I guess, is that it's looking like Rafinha is going to be available. So uh, that's definitely a big positive for them. So, yeah, I mean, if I was to... I'd still say maybe one or two nil Leeds. I don't see Norwich causing any problems. They had, I think the lowest XG of all the games last week, obviously... The red card didn't help things, but you know, up until that stage, they, they hadn't created anything against Chelsea really. So yeah, I don't really see much changing for Norwich. Maybe the manager. So, so yeah, maybe yeah. So Jordi, uh, if Norwich are going to win at some point, this is they got to be looking at this fixture, a poor lead side. Yeah. This surely this, if we're going to go crazy and bet on a Norwich win, it's this week. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, I've seen some uh, some Leeds fans uh, are worried about this game on Twitter. So yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, I think. So's your dog. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, I think this is a fixture Norwich will be targeting and should be targeting because yeah, Leeds are in, uh, are a bit of a shambles now and last night again against Arsenal showed no signs of improvement. Matt was talking about uh, that Joe Gelhard, he's 4.5 in the game and he put up 0.5 xG in his little cameo last week. He caused the penalty, so I was hoping he would he would start last night, but he didn't. So that's straight off the watch list. But yeah, again, it's a it's a fiction Norwich uh, should take advantage of. Yeah, but but the but the question the question is, can they? Are they able to? And Norwich aren't a good side either. So no, no. <laughs> yeah, you'd say you, you'd say nail, 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 but it could easily be a crack or full of mistakes. Yeah, step up Rafinha, I suppose. Other fixtures. Oh, Tottenham versus Man United. Now a lot of people going crazy for Son and Kane, and giving United's result against Liverpool. But this is Man United away now, and it's. I mean, if he doesn't change the, if Oli doesn't change the way he's going to set up for this, I mean, the guy needs to be arrested. Is this a lot of people jumping on that the top? Oh, the narrative of United going to get spanked, but is this a bit of a trap? Is it more likely to end up in like a dull one-one affair? Uh, have you got Son or Kane in your team, Yordi? No, got neither. So how how do you see this one going? Well, it's it's also a bit of what I hope it will how it goes, but I think it will be a dull affair and uh, something like a one-one or yeah. I mean. After last week, uh, everyone's talking about we should be targeting Man United, and I don't see that. Uh, don't see it that way. It's 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 yeah. It's another game where you can't really say how it will go. I mean, Spurs showed signs of improvement against Newcastle two weeks ago, but then they play West Ham, and they were even though West Ham weren't at their best, I thought Spurs didn't really do anything. It was like that meme, like someone says. Do something. <laughs> it didn't memes, do anything. Memes don't really work well on a podcast. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, get your point. I tried. I tried to explain it. But <laughs> <laughs> I get your point, Matt. Like Yordi's saying there. I mean, Ollie's got to go there. He's got to kill this game, hasn't he? And like, like Yordi also said in terms of Tottenham, West Ham always felt like they had control of that game, even if they didn't have the ball. What are your thoughts going into this? I mean, you you got no Spurs ownership, no. No, I, I would have had Son on wildcard, um, but he had that bit of a cold, well, the whole COVID scare rumors going around, so right. I didn't go with him in the end. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would want anyone from this game. If I was putting money on it, I think maybe Man United will win 1-0. Ronaldo? Possibly, possibly. I do think it could be, yeah, I, I definitely see it being a drab affair. I think both teams would be very cautious coming into it. Um yeah, I, I I think both teams will just be really, really cautious, just making sure they don't do the fundamentals wrong, don't put a foot wrong, you know, build from the back. Be a sl- I think it'll just be a game of who can keep the ball the longest and try and fashion a few chances. And I think whoever takes the lead first, if anyone takes the lead, they'll just try and sit on a on a 1-0 win. Or if they concede, you know, both managers, I think both managers will be happy with a draw. So, yeah, that's that's how I think the game will go. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't think I've had much more to add. I mean, you could possibly see the return of Jesse Lingard for this game. You never know. But um... I was about to say, Alfie. I mean, Ole could. Uh, he's he's on the verge of being sacked. So why not just swoop through your team and play two, three names you never even remembered, like Donny van der Beek and Jesse Lingard, and I mean, even Eric Jaden Sancho. Big... 
Yeah. Well, there's no point in losing anymore for him. So, yeah. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose, is he? That's when, when you can't I mean, play Pogba, so there's a chance that they might do yeah. that. You know? <laughs> do, you, do you guys do you guys think that Ronaldo should also also have been sent off for that thing he did? He um, got the ball, I, right? Yeah, he was. I think, man, he was. I think he was very lucky to have caught the ball because yeah. I don't think it wasn't. Yeah. It, it was. It kind of reminded me of the whole uh, Eden Hazard uh, situation with the ball boy a few oh, years yeah. back. Yeah. When uh, yeah, and I think he was sent off for that, was he? He was, yeah. Against yeah. Swansea, was it? Or yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think if that's Matty Longstaff, he gets sent off because <laughs> yeah. it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, uh, I, I think I love, the occasion love, as well. You know, I love what what the uh, Virgil van Dijk and Konate did after. I mean. That's that's what I like to see from from a team that that if one of your players gets bullied, then go and get him. Just yeah, swarm yeah. him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want um, Van Dyke coming after you. He's a big lad. No, I mean, <laughs> but but uh, Konat, Konate, I, I've seen some. I've seen a short video of him just pulling Fred away with one arm, like he's <laughs> nothing. Like just that was so funny. Fly swatting, we call that, yeah. Newcastle versus Chelsea, right? So, Chelsea won 7 0, and yet none of us tend to be sharing any love on them realistically. It's, our focus always seems to be their defenders. Uh, there's no Werner, no Lukaku. Mount obviously got a hat trick, just about, I think, for me, in my opinion, I think it was a just about hat trick. Chilwell, uh, Ruben Loftus Cheeks come back on the side. He's been playing very well. Actually, he's got he's injured knock. already. Yeah, he's already got an injury. <laughs> Callum Hudson Adoy, 5.3. I mean, that's not a bad option. He seems to be in the mix at the moment. But are we not focusing on this fixture? I mean, if we are, Matt, do you have any Chelsea players? Um, I don't think so. No, <laughs> to check actually, no, I don't think I do because I was, uh, no, I don't because I was very afraid to watch that game. But yeah, it you know, I was saying before the Chelsea game in another group, you know, I wasn't too convinced on Havertz. He obviously I owned him already this season and he was playing on the wing. Uh we kind of had an idea that he was going to be playing up top. And you know, people were saying, you know, but his stats are very good when he's been playing up top. But you know, that's been alongside another striker, you know, it's been alongside, you know, the likes of Lukaku and stuff for and I kind of said, you know, I think he's gonna open up a lot of space for the players around him in this game and you know, every other single Chelsea player returned bar Havertz. So yeah. I think that might be the case, you know, a bit of a kind of a false nine. Even though Tuchel said he's not a false nine, he's a striker. I'm just not convinced that his quality is good enough to lead the line on his own. Um, whatever about with a, a second striker there or whatever about playing on the wing and cutting inside, I just don't think as a traditional striker, he's, you know, the finished product. Um I definitely think the players around them benefit more than him from playing up top. You think they'll get the, ch- the chances before to them more likely than him? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and but another thing as well, like obviously we saw the fullbacks, we saw Reese James and uh, and Chilwell get in on the action. That it's another uh, positive about you know Chelsea players. Uh, like we talk about Trent and stuff, you know, uh, getting forward and being you know one of these players. You have to remember Chilwell and. Uh, Reese James they have the fixtures and they're a lot lot cheaper than Trent as well um, so I'd definitely be looking at one of those um, unfortunately I don't think I'll be able to have the luxury of a, a defensive transfer this week but um, I think I'll actually be playing Mankio against uh, against Chelsea so I'm hoping they have an <laughs> off day <laughs> I, I might be a little bit biased in, in what I'm expecting from this game 
But uh, now, look, I'd expect Chelsea to win. Um, obviously, they scored seven goals against Norwich. You know, maybe they should. Did they still, they now, still? They? Yeah, they. But but look, they still should have beat Norwich three and four, three or four nil. You know, Norwich were just had no answers to. They they just seemed to have no game plan. Yeah, I do expect Newcastle to maybe. They could score Newcastle. They they you know they've been scoring even from the few chances they're they're not creating a lot of chances, but the ones they do create, they're scoring from them. Um, and Wilson is kind of coming into form. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'm not expecting a, you know a big three-one, four-one game, but two-nil or something. Like that. I guess it, yeah, maybe two-nil or two-one. But yeah, I, I I know a lot of people are going to pick up Mount. You know, just given his price point. Given the fact that in Buemo was injured, that you know, there's a few injuries. Uh, you know, people are looking to change up their teams and maybe bring in a midfielder. So I'm definitely a bit worried that you know, if Mount does get something, it could damage the rank a little bit. It could do a little bit of damage there. I'll be looking towards that. I might even bring in Mount. I'll see. I'll have a look. But I think Foden's more up on the list of priorities for now. Thank you for joining us on today's show. Um, that was plenty to mull over, wasn't it, this week? I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope it was helpful. As Jordi told me afterwards, uh, a good game week is a game week that asks questions. I would say that's a stressful game week, but never mind. Uh, and we didn't mention Captain C, but I think it's likely that we're all going to stick on Salah because, man, that man is on fire. He's a fire man. Good. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. If you want to hear more from the boys, you can find them all on Twitter. You can find their Twitter handles in the episode blurb. You can even find my one there. No one ever says hello. You can be the first one. Thank you for listening and good luck with Game Week 10. Captain going next to see You did it, you did it, you did it, FPL I'm dead, I'm shady, I'm fancy for this hell FPL Weekly